Hi, everyone. We've got a little bit of a different episode for you today. We know that the coronavirus is top of mind for a lot of people. A lot of our members are small businesses, and they're wondering what they should do to prepare in case it comes here. So that's what we're doing today. We're sitting down with some people from the Hamilton County Health Department and the Office of Emergency Management and just asking them that question. So that's what we've got for you. I'm joined today by Greg Smith and April Priest with the Hamilton County Office of Emergency Management and the Health Department. Thank you both for being here. Thank, Thank you. you for having us. Um, so let's start with you, uh, April. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself um, and what you do? So I have joined the Hamilton County Health Department in the end of October as an emergency management planner. I have a Master's of Public Health in Emergency Management, and my primary responsibilities in non-emergencies are to facilitate, in coordination with the rest of our department, our CDC Emergency Preparedness Grant, in which case we have 15 preparedness capabilities um, that we work to accomplish throughout the year. So if we ever do have an emergency, we'll be able to accomplish those tasks already delegated to us by the government. Okay. Um, how about you, Greg? Well, I too am an emergency management planner. My basic responsibility with the county is the county's basic emergency operations plan. And that's a plan, it's an all hazards plan that speaks to uh, preparedness and response protocols from any number of different disciplines that would be engaged when we have any kind of a significant emergency or disaster, particularly one that uh, requires us to activate our emergency operations center. That's where my office is, and we have two other planners in that office, and then we have a deputy director. Um, so that, that is my primary responsibility. Then some of my secondary responsibilities is to uh, play a role in the incident command system within our emergency operations center uh, in the event that we do activate that for any type of an emergency or disaster. And frequently, we also activate it for uh, special events. Okay. So today we are talking about the coronavirus, everybody's favorite topic. Can you guys tell me a little bit from your perspective, how do you see this progressing over time? Um, as we see that the virus is continuing to spread internationally and in the United States, it's becoming harder to contain. So from the perspective of the health department, we broaden our surveillance efforts. And we do that by following CDC and Tennessee Department of Health guidelines to make sure that we're able to capture and monitor potential cases and cases of contact throughout the community. At this time, we still do not have any positive cases in Hamilton County. And we, because of the situation is progressing rapidly, we can't give a specific date when we think, you know, there will be a case. Sure. So at this time, because information is just changing so constantly, we can't really say we know specifically what is going, what we are expecting to happen because it's driven by so many factors. The best way that we can think of to inform other people is just to stay informed themselves and visit consistently CDC website, Tennessee Department of Health website, to make sure that they are able to monitor the situation accordingly. Things that, and guidance that, that CDC has given us a week ago has already been updated you know, as of yesterday and today. And so, what we're expecting to happen as, as the situation continues to grow is we're uh, expecting to just kind of um, follow these guidelines and um, 
and, and, and implement our preparedness plans we already have in place. Okay. Uh, speaking of that, could, could you guys tell me a little bit about what the county is doing to prepare? Well, we're in very close communication, actually, on a daily basis with the health department so that we can uh, maintain, of course, our own vigilance with regard to the number of confirmed cases, uh, the geographic locations of those confirmed cases, and then if we do reach a point to where uh, we have a significant number of those cases that are in our uh local area, then that will be a time when we'll have to determine whether or not we want to activate our emergency operations center uh, and act as uh, resource support for whatever the uh, hospitals and health departments need. Okay. The health department has also started completing some preparedness tasks by holding meetings with our key partners such as police, fire, EMA, and human resources to talk about some of the roles and responsibilities our partners will directly play in implementing our emergency preparedness plans such as continuity of operations. Uh, we have a pandemic influenza plan and an isolation of quarantine plan. One of the things that we are accomplishing is providing correct information to the citizens. In order to accomplish that, we are setting up a hotline and we will have several individuals in our department able to answer questions from schools, businesses, and faith-based organizations. It's important to us that the community gets credible and reliable information and we will be able to direct them to the appropriate sources where they can obtain that information. Okay, um, are there are there specific uh, precautions you're asking individuals to take? Basically, what we're recommending right now is to practice what public health calls non-pharmaceutical interventions. And non-pharmaceutical interventions can be categorized in three different categories. And one of them would be personal non-pharmaceutical interventions or community interventions, such as staying at home when you're sick and washing your hands and using proper cough etiquette. The second category of non-pharmaceutical interventions is called community um, interventions. And those are more administrative functions that employers can take, such as uh, in implementing telework policies, being more flexible with sick time, and um, promoting social distancing between people at work. Um, if someone has symptoms of a respiratory illness, we suggest that you stay about six feet away from that person. And that is common for other respiratory illnesses as well. And the third category of non-pharmaceutical interventions is called environmental and um, that is just where you're making sure that you're practicing good infection control protocols and cleaning surfaces um, around you. And one way, a really practical way that you can accomplish that is just by having those Clorox bleach wipes um, near your desk and making sure that you're wiping off surfaces. Okay. Um, I know that uh, both federal and local governments are working to get testing kits out as much as, as possible right now. Are you... Who, who are the people that you would recommend contact a doctor if they suspect they might have the virus? So that's an excellent question. And if for some reason you believe that you have symptoms of coronavirus, you need to go ahead and call your personal physician. And if you're planning on calling the emergency room or your physician, you need to call ahead before you're coming. You need to tell the doctor of any recent travel history that you have had both uh, domestically and internationally and please avoid contact with other people if you believe that you have some of the symptoms of coronavirus 
you can go to the CDC website and they will give you instructions, very practical instructions on how you can um, limit or, or create social distancing between people. And, the, and also, we recommend you do not travel while you yourself are sick. If you believe that you are coming down with symptoms, you need to consult your uh, primary care physician and, um, and stop traveling yourself as well. Okay. Um, so let's let's take this out to a little bit of a larger lens. Um, you know, a, lo- a lot of our listeners are small business owners, and they're probably looking at this from a, a business owner's perspective. Um, what are some things that they can begin to do to, to prepare um, both themselves and their business um, for if this eventually shows up in our area? Well, any business, regardless of uh, uh, coronavirus or anything else, needs to have in place a continuity of operations plan. Uh, a lot of businesses don't, but it's vital. Uh, simply put, uh, a continuity plan is a means by which you keep your business operational and viable uh, in instances of emergency or disaster. And there are a number of components to those plans that are vital for that plan to uh, work effectively. One of those is that uh, businesses need to be able to identify their essential functions. And the essential functions are those functions which have to be continued for the business to maintain its viability. Uh, Some examples of essential functions might be accounts payable or receivables, things of that nature. Uh, some non-essential functions that could be discontinued in times of uh, disaster or activation of a continuity plan would be things like housekeeping or the generation of a newsletter. Uh, when, when those essential functions are identified by a business, then they need to take a look at the critical processes and the services that support those functions. And then uh, by doing that, they will be able to know what personnel, what records, what databases and equipment are all required to support those essential functions. So that just moves into the identification of those vital databases and records. And when those are identified, the records that support the essential functions, then you have to also take a look at who the personnel or the departments are that are responsible for those records to ensure that those records are accessible and uh, they may be accessible by hard copy, digital, electronic, cloud, whatever, but they have to be accessible, particularly in the event if the business has to use an alternate location uh, to continue. Uh, Obviously, uh, businesses have to have um, standard guidelines for direction and control. In essence, just who's in charge of what, and that needs to be clear throughout the business. Everyone needs to know their role, their responsibility, who's in charge of what. Um, And then businesses typically have to have, even small businesses, have to consider delegation of authority or succession because particularly uh, in the event of uh, an emergency or disaster or a public health emergency, uh, if your chief executive or some uh, critical subordinate is unavailable for work, someone's got to be able to step in and take that role. As always, communications are important. When bad things happen, usually the thing that goes south first is communications. So businesses have to have a viable communications plan that's somewhat redundant. The ability to get in touch with your employees, with your customers, your creditors, your board members, the public, and you need redundancy in that so that you've got uh, uh, landlines, cell lines, fax, phone, uh, text, email, 
those are all very important and up-to-date contact lists because if you if you do not have up up-to-date contact lists i'm sure that many businesses and governments themselves have uh, endured some uh, significant difficulty by not being able to get in touch with who they thought was the person they needed to get in touch with also really important to consider your personnel uh, in terms of encouraging them to have their own family disaster plans because that that can help the business itself if the if the families have their own disaster plans then that means that they don't have to focus on their family as much and they're still able and and capable of uh, coming to work and there's some other things that can be uh, uh, that I'll touch upon that uh, in just a moment to have to do with family disaster plans. Uh, I'd like to go over a few things that, uh, oh, business interruption and extra expense insurance is something that all businesses should take a look at because that, in times of emergency, that can continue payroll and other operating expenses. So that's something that's that can be extremely important, particularly in the instance of something like we're discussing today. Um, if I may, I'd like to cover a few uh, specific coronavirus considerations with regard to continuity of operations. Absolutely. I think that sometimes um, everything we've talked about up until now should be a part of a, any kind of a continuity of operations plan regardless. But I think that there are some what-if scenarios that should be looked at and perhaps even have a team assembled to address these uh, what-if scenarios. Uh, one of those uh, is what if schools are closed in the community? because that could become a reality. Will the company provide child care? You know, there are some companies out there that do provide child care every day, uh, but that's something that a business needs to take a look at. Are they capable of allowing the kids of their workers to come to work with them so that their folks don't have to be at home taking care of their kids? Uh, and that can be part of a uh, family disaster plan as well. Uh, if a family's put together a disaster plan, they can look to perhaps uh, uh, friends or relatives who are no longer working who might be capable of taking care of their kids if the schools shut down. Uh, with some businesses, it's very important to determine whether or not the employees can work remotely. 90% of the time, I can do my job from my home. But, of course, obviously, as an emergency manager, there are, are any number of situations where I cannot do my work from home. Um, I think that... Uh, Businesses need to take a hard look at that. If, if employees had to work at home, are they the type of business that can continue uh, in a viable fashion? Um, also, it, it's probably a good idea to have some folks that are um, able to take a look at the threat level to their business. Now, in this instance, you can take a look at the map. You know, there's a, a map that shows uh, every emerging confirmed case of uh, coronavirus and being aware of that, being aware of the geography with that is going to be important to a business. Um, one of the really important things that a business needs to take a look at that's specific to what we're talking about today is how might this uh, affect your supply chain? Because uh, supply chain management obviously is an important business endeavor to begin with, but folks probably need to take a look and map that supply chain and determine uh, sourcing of their ingredients or uh, equipment or parts and determine if there is a risk to that uh, supply chain being interrupted because of this. Um, they have to take a look at whether or not they want to implement any kind of travel restriction due to this or if they want to postpone or... Uh, 
close out any type of uh, a major event or meeting that they may have been considering attending. Are you guys making any recommendations right now around those steps? Yeah, the, uh, we're again, we're following, the CDC has really gave great guidance for uh, people who are traveling in business, and they, they point out a few key points here. And one of them is to make sure that you're checking the CDC's website for travel health notices. Um, and they have a level one travel advisory for South Korea, China, Italy, and Iran. And that means to avoid all unnecessary travel. Therefore, um, they also have information that uh, people can take before they travel about the U.S. consulate services and reminding people that the U.S. consulate will not give medication if they are uh, abroad and get sick. They can direct you to health services, but they do not have the resources to, um, to, to personally provide you with uh, medical care. And it's important for uh, travelers to find out this information before they go. And if you become sick while you're traveling in another country, it is possible that that country may not let you uh, out. And that's something that the CDC addresses um, in uh, on their website for uh, guidance, interim guidance for uh, businesses and coronavirus. Okay, so what, watching sort of what's been happening in Washington up to this point, if the hypothetical happens and we do start having cases appear here, Will we be able to watch you get, look to you all for communications that do make those recommendations as things progress? For instance, making a recommendation not to have events that are a large gathering of people if it, if it comes to that point. I guess what I'm asking is, will those communications change over time as it develops? Well, certainly crisis messaging and um, guidance will change over time, but that is driven um, on the situation and driven based on decisions and scientific data. Um, And our administration will be making decisions about when they implement such communications and when they believe that's appropriate based upon uh, discussions they have internally with not only the mayor, but also guidance from federal and state health departments. Okay. Um, So have a business continuity plan take into account some of these recommendations that are specific to our current situation. Um, Is there anything else there that that businesses should be looking at at this point? I think there are a couple of other things that businesses could look to. Um, Some other considerations might be if a business has regional offices uh, that are in unaffected areas, uh, then those regional offices may be able to offer some support. Um, Also, uh, and this, of course, is, is consistent with any continuity of operations plan, but cross-training can be very important because when you've got uh, employees with critical skills that are not uh, easily replaced on short notice, cross-training is uh, effective. That's, that goes back to uh, delegation of authority and succession planning, but uh, you might look to uh, those folks that you know have the skill sets to be able to kind of up their game, so to speak, and take on some additional responsibilities. Or they may even look to folks that have been recent retirees who have those skill sets and possibly consider uh, an outsourcing plan. Um, And I think really that uh, those things, in conjunction with the things that we've uh, spoken of earlier, are going to help any business to uh, maintain their viability in time of any type of emergency or disaster. Okay. And one thing I think I do want to uh, want to stress while we're here is, you know, in a lot of cases here, we're, we're talking about the worst case scenario. 
um, because that's what you have to prepare for, right? And so we're, we're making recommendations for what people should do to prepare, again, for that worst-case scenario. That doesn't mean we expect it to get to that. You just need to be prepared for that. Yes. Well, one of the things I think is important for employers to address right now is this process of making sure that they can communicate accurate information about the development and expansion of coronavirus effectively with their employees, because your employees are also going to be looking at a wide range of sources to gain information about the situation. They might be looking at Facebook or uh, you know different media posts that aren't the correct sources, and you as an employer will have to be able to anticipate like misinformation. Uh, fear, anxiety, rumors about not only company policies in association with coronavirus, but also just misinformation about coronavirus. And I think that's important that you start to address that now, why we don't have uh, any positive cases in our area on how you're going to disseminate and facilitate this information to your staff um, and give them, guide them to these correct resources like the CDC um, and the Tennessee Department of Health, who has up-to-date, accurate information. Those websites are updated daily, and starting this now will save you a lot of headache um, in the upcoming weeks and months if this situation continues to evolve. Okay. Excellent. Um, is there anything else that people should be taking into account at this point? I would just like to encourage everyone, uh, individuals and businesses, to take a look at uh, the emergency management website, which is hamiltonready.org. That not only will point people to some of the resources that April mentioned with regard to CDC and uh, Department of Health, but it also is a, a, a great resource for uh, family preparedness, uh, business continuity uh, preparation. We've tried to put as much information in there as we can that we think is uh, useful uh, information for the general public. Okay, excellent. Thank you both for being here. This has been very helpful. I think this is some really good information that will be really useful to our members. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you.